Achieving success, being healthy and wealthy, and lifelong happiness is anyone's ultimate dream. In the grand scheme of things, self-doubt limits you from achieving great things. The path towards the zenith of success and controlling your life is at your hands. This is the Unlimited Influence. Reprogram your subconscious mind with Dr. David Snyder. Well, good evening, afternoon, morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. This is David Snyder, and welcome to Secrets of Social Seduction or Weapons of Social Seduction. I am your somewhat frazzled host tonight. Um, as we, uh, as the people begin to file in, just uh, just for fun, just uh, tell us your name, where you hail from, and uh, where you're, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. Uh, there people are filling in pretty fast, so I'm excited tonight. Um, this was the webinar that almost wasn't, believe it or not, because uh, some brilliant surgeons, namely me, uh, decided to do a webinar at my clinic, uh, which is right next to the Del Mar Fairgrounds here in San Diego, in the middle of Fair Week on a Friday night. So as you could probably guess, I almost didn't get to this webinar simply because I couldn't get to my clinic, so I had to rush home and kind of build everything together. So if I seem a little frazzled, it's because we literally put a brand new webinar station uh, up uh, literally by the seat of our pants. So, um, people, man, a lot of people coming in. Say hello to each other. I see a lot of familiar faces and some not-so-familiar faces, and uh, it's exciting to, to be able to, to speak to everybody. Um, yeah. So here. How many are we up to, guys? Uh, uh, before, uh, just in case I forget, a uh, special shout out to uh, my amigos behind the scenes, the amazing team over at Jet Webinar for making this uh, all possible. We're uh, we're shooting up to 157. Uh, things are coming in, and uh, I'm going to give it a couple more minutes, and then I'd, I'm going to go ahead and and at least do my best to jump into content tonight. Um, again, like I said, we literally we literally got everything up and running um, at the last minute. We had a great setup. We just couldn't use it. So um, I need to pull up my PowerPoints. Yes, believe it or not, the earth has stopped moving. David is going to use a PowerPoint today. Well, actually, I'm going to pretend to use a PowerPoint because that shit's evil. Shit being a technical term, mind you. I should, uh, since everybody's filing in now, should should probably be a good time to to uh, to give you my regular disclaimers. If uh, politically incorrect metaphors, swear words, uh, provocative languaging offends you, this is probably not the best use of your time on tonight's webinar. Um, my job, of course, is never to offend anybody, but uh, my job is actually, in many cases, to provoke people, to, to get them to think, to find out, to help them discover within themselves the things that really kind of need addressing. And a lot of times we don't, we don't really know what those are until somebody comes along and, you know, pokes the stick a little bit. So yes, bring David to Dallas. You can provoke a lot of people here. <laughs> that is probably true. Actually, we are very popular in Texas. So it's entirely possible that uh, we may in fact um, wind up doing an event out there, but we'll see. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, Talk to my uh, my staff real quick. Helen, okay. All right. Trying to look at everybody's 172. People are still going strong. I can't I can't hold out too much longer. I have to get into content relatively soon. A um, couple of things for tonight. Uh, let's see. Where do I want to start? I don't have any PowerPoints in front of me right now. So, and there's lots of activity on the screen. So if you see me chasing squirrels left and right. Um, it's because I'm literally chasing squirrels left and right. Um, the camera's cutting off my head. Let's see if we can do something about that. I don't know if um, I can do anything about that. I'm I'm adjusted. I've adjusted my. Is that better, guys? Perfect. Okay. Um, you can see my cool little necklace here. All right, so a couple of things. So tonight I have a huge, a huge amount of things to cover. Uh, the killer influence material in general is absolutely one of my favorite 
uh, topics to cover. We just finished uh, a five-day event on the Killer Influence material out in the United Kingdom. And uh, honestly, uh, in five days, we, we, we went really deep into the material. But honestly, we still didn't scratch the surface of, of, of what's uh, possible here. So let's make sure that everybody is kind of uh, is, is kind of in the right place. So most of you know who I am. Uh, Brandon's out there. Uh, Brandon is the, 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 the head guy at JetWebinar, and him and his partner, Henry Krauss, are, are running the technology. So I started to give a little shout out, but I wanted to just say thank you to all, all those, those two out there for working so hard and, and making everything, at least on the surface, appear to flow very, very smoothly. You know? um, so tonight, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, I asked Brandon when he – Brandon loves webinars. He runs a webinar company, so you could probably guess – um, that this was kind of his idea. Um, I love you all. You guys are really just uh, making me want to tear up with 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 how much uh, enthusiasm you guys show for for what we do here at NLP Power and Killer Influence and, and things like that. And I just want to tell you how grateful I am for that. Um, so let's go ahead and and just kind of move forward with what my intention is for tonight, because as you and I, you and I often know uh, what we intend to happen. Very often, winds up going somewhere else. So my t my my goal tonight is to uh, take you through three very specific areas. Now, I noticed I said areas of what we call bulletproof charisma. And and when we talk about bulletproof charisma, what we're really talking about is the elements that make up a charismatic persona. Now, some of this is body language. Some of this is the words that you use. Um, and a lot of it is how you put it all together. Uh, we are, we're also going to talk about uh, what I consider some of the, to, to be the, the holy grail of hypnotic language, which I lovingly learned to call the Magnificent Seven plus or minus two. And uh, we're going to talk about state control, the ability to enter and exit uh, any state as an act of will. Um, my, my intention is to cover each of those uh, fairly. But again, if this is the, if, you know, if this is the scope of, of everything there is to, I got to learn how to position myself in this damn, uh, this damn chat window. Uh, if this is the scope of everything there is to, to, to cover, we have the time for this. So I have a couple of things that uh, we're going to do tonight. First of all, my commitment to you, regardless of how long or short this webinar goes, um, my, my goal is to take you as far as I can in the time that we have which again is my is my tradition, and I will point you in the direction of where to go for more, where to take your take your interesting information into the into the sphere of unstoppable persuasion and influence trainings. Is that fair for everybody? Please just type in if it is. Yes, thank you. I need all kinds of reassurance right now. Excellent, you guys rock. Um, our format tonight. Uh, when I asked, going back to closing that loop, I, when I talked about Brandon, our format tonight is a little bit different. Um, I asked Brandon what he would like me to cover, and I was expecting to cover things like, uh, you know, the the secret backdoor to hacking the human nervous system, the uh, universal persuasion protocol, three magic questions, uh, the resistance removal formula. These are all things we covered in other webinars, and Brandon came back with a completely different set of stuff. So, um, and it's all good stuff, but this is stuff that is by and large completely covert. In other words, it won't uh, it won't flag you more often than not as doing anything unnatural or unethical in that way. Um, and uh, let me see where I want to go with this. So we're going to go through that material. We're going to cover some of the, 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 the most fundamental beliefs that you as a persuader have to have. Now, is this the right webinar for you? Well, let's find out. If you've ever been in a situation where you needed a human being to do something for you and they said no this is the right webinar for you if you've ever found yourself wanting to attract a certain someone and the relationship went south or never even got out of the box you're in the right place if you've ever wanted to be paid attention to taken seriously listened to uh promoted or or, or get a pay raise this is probably a good webinar for you to be on this is not a webinar for you if you want to use use the power of what we're going to be covering to take advantage of people, okay? The things that we teach are for the good Jedi only, so please keep that in mind as uh, we're doing this, okay? I do not care for ethics. I can eat, yeah, pay raise. 
Well, ethics is one of those things that we have to talk about. Now, I'm not a persuasion cop, but it is important because if you don't have certain beliefs or if you don't have certain beliefs about the use of these skills or you have uh, other kinds, we'll cover the beliefs in a minute. There are beliefs that are going to move you forward and there are beliefs that are going to hold you back. And that's really what I want to kind of get across to you is that uh, there are certain reasons why people won't use these skills. A, a lot of people don't believe they even exist. Okay, that's that's a really big one. In fact, um, I can almost understand that because for many years when I was searching for ways to to do these things, everybody told me there were certain things you just simply could not get people to do. And uh, I have this little thing I call my Snyder sense where I just uh, – I could I can always tell when there's a deep well to be mined. And I just knew that wasn't true. I just knew that there were things out there that could move my life forward. And that's really the, the, the secret to this is that I didn't really connect or, or create all of these things for my audience. I connected them or I created them because I had areas of my life that were not satisfying. I had areas in my life that I felt frustrated. I felt stuck. I felt ignored, overlooked. Uh, in many cases, emotionally or physically abused, lied to, bullied. And the materials that I'm sharing with you, I, I did, I, I sought because I wanted more. I wanted more. I, I felt like, you know, everybody had all these, these advantages and I was kind of left with nothing. I thought that maybe these skills were only uh, were the privilege of a few genetically gifted people. The truth is they're not. They really are out there. They really do exist. You're going to get a bunch of them tonight, and you're going to learn uh, how they fit together. So these skills are real. They do work. Another reason that um, a lot of people kind of fail with this material is because um, they they think they're going to get caught. And, and that goes hand in hand with another limiting belief that many people have is that the use of these skills is somehow unethical or tricking people, or doing something that is harmful. And the truth of the matter is, if you follow the systems and the elements of the systems I'm going to teach you today, you will never have to worry about doing anything unethical. You'll never have to worry about uh, getting caught. Because even if you did get caught, there's nothing to catch. Uh, because everything you're doing comes from a place of being completely open and honest and sincere. And one of the biggest places that, that we see this come up how many people here by a show of hands? I closed my chat window so, because of the scrolling was kind of uh, distracting me a little bit. But by a show of hands here, how many people have heard of something called the echo technique? Let's go ahead and guess. Excellent. Now, the echo technique simultaneously is one of the simplest yet most powerful ways to influence people that there is. Uh, for those of you who don't know what the echo technique is, is it, it goes something like this. The most powerful words a human being can hear are literally the ones that just came out of their mouth. There were many years when, when I was running my martial arts school that this was the primary way that I would, in fact, uh, recruit, recruit potential customers for my martial arts school. A conversation would go something like this. I'm going to try and play both sides for you so you can get a basic idea of where we're going. Then I'm going to elaborate on it. Then I'm going to circle back to some of these beliefs so we can kind of uh, dissuade you from them or move you towards something that's more useful. Uh, we'd go something like this. Ring, ring. Good afternoon, Coral Springs Martial Arts Academy. This is David. How can I help you? Good afternoon, David. My name is Barbara. I'm looking for karate lessons for my 10-year-old son, Michael. Oh, hi, Barbara. So you're looking for karate lessons for your 10-year-old son, Michael. Yeah, that's right. So let me, tell, so let me ask you something, Barbara, just so I understand you better. What's, what's important to you? about karate lessons for your 10-year-old son, Michael? Well, you know, Michael's kind of small for his age, and uh, he's a really good kid. He's really bright. Uh, he's a great ahead. And uh, I want him to just have a little bit more focus, be a little bit more confident. And I'm afraid, you know, uh, he's going to be around bigger kids, older kids. I'm afraid he might he might get picked on. Oh, I see. So Mike, Mikey is a little small for his age, and uh, he's, a, he's a year ahead. And you like him to have a little bit more focus and a little bit more uh, confidence, and you're afraid that some of the bigger kids might pick on him. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, Barbara, you're in luck because one of the most powerful and important things about the martial arts 
is that it's di it's directly designed, and our program specifically is designed for kids just like Michael, kids who are smart, intelligent, who may find themselves in situations where they're picked on by kids who are larger. It'll install focus and concentration in them so that they can do better in school, be more uh, able to stand up for themselves. We have we have two openings for a, a new class that we're starting. It's a it's a pre trial. It's two free private lessons in a group class for 1997. It comes with a free uniform. And we'd like to extend that to Michael, free of charge, actually, uh, to come in. And we have two slots available. Would you like to come in on uh, today at about 5.30? Or would tomorrow around 6, 6.15 be good for you? Wow, that sounds great. Um, let me think. Uh, you know, I think I think tomorrow at 6.15 will be better. That way I can make sure that Michael's got his homework done. And, and he, if necessary, we can bring him right from school, have a little extra time to spare. Great. I'm going to pencil you guys in for 6.15 tomorrow. You bring Michael in. He'll be working with one of our instructors or with me directly, and uh, we'll get him going and, and get him happy and excited and able to take care of himself and get that focus and concentration that uh, that you really want for him in the shortest amount of time possible. We'll talk to you soon. Now, if you go back, when you when you, when you you listen to the webinar and you, you listen to what I said, I want you to pay attention to, to how much of the words of Barbara's words I used, okay? Um, because this is exactly how it works. Now, when you do this with people, and I'm leading with the echo technique because we have to have we have to start somewhere because some of the other stuff I'm going to share with you is uh, needs something to kind of weave them all together. You need to have rapport when you work with people. You need to make sure that uh, that they're connecting with you and that they feel understood. But the nice thing about the echo technique is that. It's a perfect match to everything that's going on inside of their mind from the most superficial level all the way down to their absolute deeply held criterion values. Now, uh, without lapsing into too much NLP speak, criterion values are the emotional reasons why we do everything. For everything you can think of that you might want or not want in your life, you have a set of emotional drivers that support that. When you work with somebody's exact words, you're automatically and you automatically it's like a bump key. It goes right to their system. It goes right to the deepest level. It percolates through all the superficial levels, and it's a perfect message to market match. It's practically impossible to not uh, get that person's undivided attention and good feelings by echoing them sincerely. Now, this is a piece that I need you to get. You need to be sincere about this. The echo technique is, in fact, the most ethical, honest, most desirable way for one human being to communicate to another. It will feel, when you do it, weird or artificial on your part. It will feel completely the way the world's supposed to be to the person hearing it. <clears throat> okay? So this, this is, again, where we start to, to kind of come, come in on that idea of, is this ethical or is it not? The technique is valid. The technique is proven. It works over and over and over again. However, the energy that you bring to it, in other words, if you, if you view this as a trick to pull something over on people, then you will, and, and this is why it, it, you have to embrace this idea. Again, I guess you don't have to. If you're a good enough actor, you could probably pull it off anyway. But for those of us who are not blessed with tremendous acting ability, you have to come from the heart. And what I mean by, and I'm going to actually show you some physical techniques for coming from the heart later in this webinar. But you have to come up from a, from, from a place of sincerely wanting to connect and understand a person better. If you come from that place, it's impossible to be caught doing something unethical because there's no unethical thing to do. And that's, a, that's, a, that's an important piece. It will feel artificial, but that doesn't make it unethical. Now, why am I keep, do I keep coming back to this ethics bugaboo? Uh, most of you, a lot of you know my pedigree, but a lot of you don't. Uh, so let's just jump back to about 2004, 2005. 2004, 2005, I was just graduating from acupuncture school. And at that time, I was voted one of the top 10 attraction and, for lack of a better word, seduction experts of 2005 by seductionlayer.com. And I spent a lot of time in that community. I spent a lot of time 
studying with a lot of the great masters of, of human influence for social dynamics, for, for dating, attraction. This was before the advent of the, the book known as The Game. Some of you may have heard of that book. But one of the problems that was, that was happening in, the, in that decade prior to the release of The Game, if you don't know, it's by Neil Strauss. It's a very good book, and it's a good expose on uh, then the pickup and seduction community. But at that time, there were teachers out there utilizing NLP-derived uh, influence techniques to seduce women. But the way that they positioned their message, the way that they um, spun what they were teaching was a way to hack the system, which I don't necessarily have a problem with, but it was a way to get back at the women who picked on them or uh, the system that was rigged against them. Uh, and it, it was almost given as an energy of get some payback, you know? And I, I discovered something very early on that a lot of those systems attracted a certain kind of person. They're actually, they, they actually attracted a lot of good people, and that was the problem. So there, were the cert, there was a certain small sociopathic niche, which, again, went on to do whatever they do. But there was a lot of good men in that community who really legitimately wanted to connect with women in a healthy, positive way. They just wanted to have more freedom and choice in the women they, that they could attract. The problem was is that when they were taught these techniques, it was taught with this energy of you know, pulling one over on somebody or getting back at them or doing something sneaky or twisted. And most guys I have discovered really like women. Most guys that, that I, especially at that time, couldn't bring themselves to use this material. They couldn't bring themselves to use it because of the energy that, it, uh, that was taught alongside of it. It, came, it became embedded you know, in the techniques and the technologies. And the reason why I keep coming back to this is because if you believe that what you're doing is unethical, if you believe what you're doing is hurtful, you won't use it. No matter how much you study, no matter how much uh, energy you put into this, if you believe that in, in your heart that what you're doing is wrong, you're going to trip yourself up. So it's, it's very, very important that, that we kind of get this out of the way. If you and again, I'm not a persuasion cop. You can use these techniques for whatever you want. You'll reap what you sow. They are powerful, and they are powerful enough to be misused. Uh, but I don't really want you to think of it that way. I want you to understand that you can get everything in your life that you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. And that is the premise of killer influence. Killer influence is about moving through the world, making everyone you meet feel ridiculously good, and showing them how to get whatever it is that they want by giving you what you want and keeping those two linked together in a way that's exciting, fun, pleasurable, and positive. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, excellent. Perfect. And you guys, if, if, and, and again, if, if you're looking for a way to, to pull one over on people, um, again, you can, I'm sorry. I, I wish I could say you can't. Um, but, you only got to screw this up once uh, using this unethically, and it's going to come back to haunt you. So that's my caveat. You know, um, these are things that um, I've had to deal with. There's a couple other things that, that can creep in and kind of sabotage where we're going with this. And the, and the next one is um, shooting your mouth off. This is this douche, douchebag here, pardon my French, uh, spent 10 years shooting himself in the foot with his persuasion skills, because the moment I, did, I pulled something off in, my, in, the, in the world of persuasion, I would brag about it. I would tell people what I just did to them. Believe me, the last thing you want to do when you know these skills is advertise it, unlike me, of course. Uh, so one of the things that I tell people is that uh, there's three cardinal rules of influence that I want you to embrace, to know. That means to know these techniques, to understand how they work, to know when to use them and when to, and when to keep silent or hold back. Uh, to dare, the, to have the guts to actually go out and do it. In fact, I, in many of these cases, I'm going to dare you to try and get caught uh, simply because it's you got to work really hard to get, get caught with some of these skills. Uh, the next thing is is to keep silent, which is to avoid bragging about these technologies to the people that you're seeking to influence. The, the realm of the covert hypnotist, a covert hypnotist never, ever calls attention to himself unless it is strategically useful to do so. 
Does that make sense? Cool, excellent. I'm sorry if I keep looking off camera because um, I can probably open up the chat window here. All right. So let me see. Um, if there's any other limiting beliefs or things that are going to get in your way that I think. Um, oh, two more. Two. The last two, and then we're going to jump into uh, actual techniques. Laziness. One of the problems that we have with this material is that, first of all, it's extremely powerful. And once you get past the, uh, the, uh, the idea that you're going to get caught, you won't. It, it, it's going to be very, very hard for you to get caught if you, if you deliver this congruently and with a sincere heart. Um, but laziness. You're gonna, many of you are going to go through this webinar. You may even buy the, the – and we do have a big offer at the end of the training, so I just want to put out there. We're also going to do an installation induction. So after we've gone through all the content and after we've, uh, you know, we've, we've told you what we've got planned for you in terms of gifts and offers and cool stuff like that, there's going to be an actual installation induction that uh, we put all this together and wrap it up in a nice neat bow. So if you want to get tranced out, then uh, stick around to the end of the webinar and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take you on a nice little ride. Okay. Um, sorry, I can't, I can't read my screen, so I'm just kind of kind of hoping that uh, we'll get we'll get around to that. So uh, laziness. One of the things that you're going to discover is you're going to you're going to learn something cool. Oh, Bruce! Bruce has no sound. We'll do. We'll see what we can do about that. Uh, and you're going to get excited about it, and then you're going to put the, the the material off to the side, or you'll take notes, or whatever you're going to do. And then you just won't use it. You'll, you'll see opportunities out there to, to use one or two things, and you just won't do it. You'll say, I'll do it later. Or you'll do, these for a few, you'll do this a little bit. This is the corollary to being lazy. It's complacency. You'll say, I know how to do that. I've, I've proven it. I can do it. And then you just won't use it. You won't put the effort or the, uh, the energy in to, to, making these, to putting these skills to work. Now, I'm going to give you some hints real quick on, on the best way to learn this material. First thing is, don't try to learn everything all at once. If you try to learn everything, you'll usually wind up learning nothing. Okay. Second thing is, focus on what you do well first. In other words, in the words of the great Bruce Lee, make your strengths unstoppable and your weaknesses irrelevant. That's my paraphrase. But that's really what it's about. If you try to, to try and work every single technique in, that's just not going to happen. It's just not going to work for you. Does that make sense? All right. Now, as you all know from, from my, my, my history, I love questions. I really do. Most of my viewers hate, con, uh, simultaneously hate and love the fact that I take questions uh, because we, we wind up chasing all kinds of squirrels. So here's what I would like to do. I'd like to move through the material I have to teach you as quick as again. I want you to type your questions in the chat box. But what I'd like to do, once again, is uh, either tonight or tomorrow, I haven't made a decision yet, I'll let you know by the end of the webinar, I'd like to do a little bit of an after party. Now, many of you know that we have an NLP Power Mastermind Mentoring Program that uh, we run on the third Saturday of every month. It just so happens that tomorrow is a very special double-long eight-hour mastermind training that we're going to do. And so what I would like to do is, um, once we get through the, uh, the offer and, and the induction and things like that, I'd like to invite you all, we're going to take the privacy filters off of the, off of the Facebook page, and we're going to let you all participate in that virtually tomorrow, those of you who are on the webinar tonight. So uh, that's just, again, because I want to answer your questions and I want to make sure that uh, you get what you came out for tonight for supporting me and, and, and everything. So I really, I really want to do that. Would that be cool? Excellent. Now, remember, if you're all on the webinar tomorrow, I, I will do my best to get to everybody's questions. But again, that's just kind of how it runs. Okay. So on that note, uh, let me see if I can pull up my PowerPoints and we'll, we'll start going through some stuff. Would that be okay? Okay. At the, at the risk of uh, this, this, uh, I need video, please. Uh, I'm sure Brandon and Henry will will get you guys uh, set up just as soon as we can. Yeah, we'll go from there. Okay, coolness. Uh, don't mind me. I'm trying to work two screens simultaneously. 
All right, let me pull up my PowerPoint, and I apologize because I'm I'm juggling technology. This is not how I normally do things. You guys know that. So uh, hold on a sec. I don't actually know which one I'm supposed to use. Okay. Brandon, can you pull up that PowerPoint for me or at least tell me which one I'm supposed to use? Use the one in Skype. All right, so, everybody see this okay? Cool. All right, let's talk about the three three pillars. Okay, three pillars of irresistible hypnotic influence. That's usually four. Click the show screen. All right. When we talk about persuasion and influence, we have to understand that there are actually three primary macro forms of influence that I want you to begin to study. Okay. Um, if you've ever seen my CPI program, which let me show you real quick. Um, you might have seen this before. Okay. Let me see if I can make that bigger. Can you guys see that okay? Okay. You see where it says state control, rapport? You guys see that? Okay. It says state control, rapport, language pattern, state management, process, criteria, and values. What you're seeing there is the universal persuasion protocol. This is a six-stage process that you could use anytime, anywhere, for any reason. It is the foundation of my influence systems. In Killer Influence, we, we take that and we expand way beyond um, this particular model. Now, this is the core. So if you don't have this, you got to make sure you got that down. You could do that either through product or through videos. Uh, we have all kinds of, of different levels to that. But Killer Influence is an expansion on the CPI system. And that's why we're going to talk about, we need to bring that up. Okay. I don't know. I keep getting messages here that are distracting me. I'm supposed to not chase squirrels, but that's all right. And in that scope of what we call expanding beyond CPI, there is what we call hypnotic, the study of hypnotic operators. Now, hypnotic operators are phenomena, either natural or engineered, that have the ability to bypass or reorient the critical faculty of the conscious mind. They have the ability to psychologically position you in the minds of your subject or your target. You may hear me lapsing back and forth between client, subject, and target. Um, they're mostly indistinguishable, but I do make a distinction between uh, one distinction between clients and subjects. Clients pay you money. Subjects are everyone else. Okay. Um, there may be a different set of ethical rules that you need to apply for working with clients than you do subjects. Does that make sense? Good. Okay. So in the realm of hypnotic operators, the vast majority of them fall into one of three categories. The very first category is known as authority. Now, authority Authority is the king of all hypnotic operators. You are, and that's an editorial you, you are genetically, genetically, evolutionarily hardwired to be suggestible to authority. Now, there's four kinds of authority, but they all kind of have the same impact or the same influence on a human being. When human beings are confronted with uh, authority of any kind, they are hardwired to become progressively more suggestible and or compliant. Uh, the more uncompliant or, or lack of compliance you generate, the more antisocial people tend to be. So as you're going through this process, I want you to begin to categorize the technologies that you're learning into these three macro uh, groups. Now, each and every one of the pillars by themselves has the capacity to create massive compliance in people. It has the ability to just make people do what you say. However, this is a big one, the dynamics of that compliance will change depending on 
which hypnotic operators or Mac or pillar you're using and or how you combine them. Ideally, we should always be trying to combine all three. When you get all three working properly together, you often wind up with what I call pillar number four, which is known as acquiescence. Acquiescence is really the go along to get along herd mentality that many people naturally have. Um, but we need to understand authority. Now, there's four kinds of authority that you can start to play with. Uh, the first kind of authority is what we call executive power or positional power. And the way that you, um, you adopt this is, again, by gaining some kind of recognized position within a group or organization. The second kind of power is what we call emotional or passion power. Now, passion power can shoot you in the foot because if someone's in position, you've seen this, you see this a lot dramatized in movies where the impassioned uh, underdog is going up against the recognized hierarchy and they give this eloquent, impassioned, moving speech that persuades everybody to do certain things. That's two kinds of authority in contest with each other. But in order for position or uh, impassionate authority or emotional energy to be effective, it has to be delivered in, a, in an eloquent and organized way. If you want to see uh, passion or, or, or emotional energy creating a type of charisma in a negative way, look at anybody who's having hysterics. Look at anybody who's in a, throwing a tantrum. Look at anybody who's having a rage attack and they're just going off. These are people who you can't really look away from. You may not like looking at them, but you can't ignore them. There's an energy that grabs you viscerally and sucks you in, and it infects your neurology. It infects your neurology with that vibration, and as it, as it affects your neurology, the perceptual filters in your mind shift and change, right? The problem is, is that it's not directed. It's not focused. It's not organized, and that, my friends, is one of the primary elements of charisma. Somebody who is naturally charismatic can do one of several things with, with that emotional energy or that emotional vibe. They can either direct it like a laser beam at a target, or they can radiate it in a smooth and, and uh, almost like a, an incandescent light bulb kind of radiates that energy and attracts people to them. Um, they can, and so you've got this parabolic dish kind of an energy, or you have this very uh, emotionally directed. So just a little bit sidebar into, into how charisma works. Does that make sense? Cool. <clears throat> There's two more types of authority that uh, I want to cover. Uh, and again, I have to, I have to, we have to move fast. And I apologize for not being able to go super deep. When Brandon gave me what he wanted to teach, me to teach for this webinar, I was like, eh! because uh, he literally gave me a five, you know, four or five hour, you know, a full day's worth of material to teach in an hour and a half. So um, we're going to go, we, we're going to do what we can. But um, we start to play with authority. One of the things you have to remember is that um, the dynamics of authority is that it will create massive compliance. If you wanted to see some of the research on this, you can research some of the uh, original studies done by uh, Professor Stanley Milgram. Uh, as, as, and, and later, the, the, the same studies were actually um, re reproduced by Darren Brown. So you can find him, you could probably find him on YouTube uh, where he reproduces the Milgram experiments. For those of you who don't know what the Milgram experiments were, what, what Milgram wanted to understand was how could guys like Adolf Hitler or Mussolini um, turn an entire nation psychotic? How could good people be made to do these horrible, horrendous things. And he really, really wanted to study. He wondered if it was, you know, because somebody in authority told him to, was there some other factor? So he engineered some experiments. He brought in, I believe it was uh, college undergrads, I think sophomores, I could be wrong. And he told them that uh, they were coming in under the guise of testing the, uh, the, the effects of negative reinforcement on learning. And so what they did was they they had a room that was kind of partitioned, and it was a, there was a the, the the students were on one side, there was a glass partition, and on the other side was a man strapped into what looked like an electric chair. The students were confronted with a bank of switches. They were asked to read a question, and if the person in the chair answered the question incorrectly, they were to flip a switch, and the switch would administer electric shocks. 
And the shocks were ranged from, you know, minor to actual lethal levels of uh, emotional shock. And what was really being tested was would the client, would the students administer shocks, even lethal level shocks, because somebody with a white lab coat, a stethoscope, and a clipboard told them to, somebody in authority. And what the, what the students didn't know, the students over here didn't know that behind that wall in the chair was an actor. And he was, his job was simply to answer questions wrong and pretend to be progressively more electrocuted. And of course, as the, as the client went through the process, or as the students went through the process, they, uh, they got progressively, they administered progressively higher and higher shocks. And what Milgram discovered was that in spite of all begging and pleading to the contrary, the vast majority of students continued to administer up to lethal levels of shocks simply because the person running the experiment told them to do it. Now, Darren Brown recreated that. Uh, I think you can probably find it at the show on YouTube somewhere. The takeaway was is that when faced with, a cert with the right amount of authority, human beings will comply even if they don't like you, they don't want to, because you have exerted authority in their world. Now, in the actual killer influence training program, we have an outrageous number of ways to create powerful uh, perceptions of authority in human beings. We only have time to cover a few of the most the primary ones here, but anytime you can adopt the trappings of authority, anytime you can adopt a body language that exudes authority, which we're going to teach you how to do, by the way, um, people will start to defer to you. They'll start to be more compliant, and if not compliant, at least more suggestible. And that's really what we're going for um, in this particular segment is to teach you about these four horsemen. These tactics can be verbal. They can be nonverbal. They can be spatial. They can be proxemic. They can be based on uh, what we call haptics, which are haptics is the study of how touch affects us psychically or emotionally. Proxemics is the study of spatial distances and how we can use those to position ourselves in the minds of clients. Um, of course, you have verbal communication skills and tonal communication skills. So these are all ways that we can stack the authority platform or the, the authority pillar in our favor so that everything we say, the, the client is predisposed to just accept and go along with. However, if you're only using, if you're only using authority, and you'll see this, uh, somebody mentioned our president. Um, this, uh, this is the kind of authority that he exerts. Um, it's blunt force trauma authority, as I like to call it. It's, it's positional authority. It's executive power. It's do this or you're fired. Do this or you're going to jail. Do this or we're going to kill you, that kind of energy. Uh, you'll see this in a lot of micromanaging CEOs, middle managers, things like that, people who aren't real sure of their position or want you to be sure of their position. They spend a lot of time micromanaging, demeaning, or basically domineering you into submission or compliance. The problem with a lot of this, this type of authority is that it creates pushback. It creates reactance in people. People will, in fact, do what you tell them to do, but they will find a way to make you pay for it. They'll find a way to make the result less sweet, less productive. Uh, if you want it, to, it'll, it'll kill morale and just basically um, they'll, they'll do it, but you're going you're gonna to lose a lot of the, the desire to comply, the desire for um, validation. Does that make sense? Or am I, am I going too fast? Tell me what's going on. Cool. Excellent. So it's important whenever possible that if you're going to exert authority that you have what we call what I like to call executive power. And what, what that means is the ability to enforce your directives. That's really the hallmark of positional powers, the ability to enforce the commands, do this or else kind of a thing. Emotional energy can be used to usurp positional authority if it's delivered eloquently in an organized fashion. Okay. Uh, the other two types of power are expertise. You'll see this a lot in, in uh, 
I, I hate to pick on tech people, but there's a lot of people who are professional smart guys. Uh, they'll go in and because they, they've forgotten more about how to do things than most people will ever learn, they can get away with telling the boss he's an idiot, he's an asshole, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about, um, and still keep their job or still keep uh, their good graces because they have an irreplaceable level of expertise. I know quite a few people like this, people who have little to no social skills, but they're so good at what they do. And they're so hard to replace that that scarcity and that, that, that one thing that they do well protects them and they can exert influence because they can say they can walk away. So the ability to walk away from an, uh, from something and, and that have that, that, absence be taken as a loss is one of the most important factors uh, for dating and attraction, believe it or not. We'll talk about, we're going to circle around to attractivity in a minute. The ability to walk away from a relationship and have that law, have that absence perceived as a loss to the person you're seeking to influence is one of the core uh, factors in learning how to attract and seduce people. I don't, by the way, I don't like the word seduction uh, because seduction implies that you're, you're enticing people into doing things that aren't inherently good for them or may not be in their best interest. So I'll use the word to get your attention. I much prefer attraction or, or influence because in the world that we embrace, we don't entice people to do things that are bad for them. We don't leave them worse off than we found them. Is it possible to do those things? Absolutely. Should you? I'm going to suggest you don't. Is that clear? That Are we cool with that? Excellent. You guys are doing great, by the way. Thank you for dealing with my uh, my techno dunceness. Okay, so we talked about positional power. We've talked about uh, passion or, or emotional energy has to be delivered elegant, eloquently. By the way, if you take the time, if you're passionate about something and you take the time to organize your presentation and you express it utilizing the, the language patterns that we're going to talk about, uh, people will just buy into what you say. It's really in a cool, sincere, good, good guy way, unfair. But everything starts with the echo technique. The echo technique is kind of like a flow drill in the Filipino martial arts. If you've ever studied any uh, arts like Wing Chun or Chi uh, Tai Chi or Sistema, um, they have these drill, what we call flow drills. Like you know, chi, uh, Wing Chun has Chi Sao, Tai Chi has push hands, uh, Sistema has soft work. These are drills that create a rhythm to an interaction, gives us the ability to interact and interchange, and it also gives the ability to sensitize when to break that rhythm and, and go for an opening or create a technique. You're going to find – I teach my, my influence skills a lot like I teach my martial arts. Your flow pattern or your flow drill is your echo technique because as long as you're utilizing the echo technique it, it's like the thread that links everything together. People will always feel understood. You will always have their undivided attention, and you can work from within that stream of influence into anything else you want to do. So that's kind of why I started with the echo technique because I really believe that if you learn nothing else but the echo technique, uh, you're going to get what you want more often than not. Yeah, so uh, if that's clear, then we'll just move on. The last piece, the last point of authority that we're going to talk about uh, is what we call mastery of conversational social dynamics. I haven't come up with a cool acronym here yet, so I'll have to explain it. Mastery of conversational social dynamics. You've seen people like this. This is the rarest form of authority, and it's the one that we in the killer influence world really, really zoom in on because it's it's, it's literally uh, nin, uh, conversational ninjutsu. You can be conversation ninja with this. And this is the, abil the, per the ability to manage dynamic personalities, the ability to get a bunch of people who are like CEOs of a Fortune 500 company. You know, they're all CEOs from different companies and they're bickering and they're, they're having their, their frame war and their pissing contest to see who's the alpha and all these things. The person who can master conversational dynamics can play these people like a fiddle or, or, or create a tapestry of interactions that is seamless and undetectable. They're in the background, they're orchestrating everything, but nobody knows uh, that they're doing it. And or even if they know it's being done, they're doing it so well that it's actually welcomed. This is the kind of, of conversational mastery that I would like you 
to aspire to. Do I want you to develop positional authority? Every chance you get. Do I want you to develop the ability to direct and focus your passion? Absolutely. Every chance you get. Do I want you to develop your expertise so that you can position yourself as being invaluable in certain contexts? Absolutely. What weaves them all together is your ability to know which one to use when. When to know when you walk into an interaction, you know, whether to be the alpha, which is the position everybody covets, but it's, it's not always the most powerful position. Do you want to be seen as an equal? Is it, is it tactically useful to be seen as an equal in that dynamic interaction or subordinate? Many times the ninja position, the power position, is actually coming into an interaction being subordinate or sub, I don't want to say submissive, but subordinate to the person in authority. So one of the things that, that we have to understand is there's, there's techniques, then there's tactics, and then there's strategies. In killer influence, we talk about the I3 model, I1, I2, and I3. I1 is what we call identity, knowing who you are, what your values are, what your, your strengths and your attributes are, what you bring to the interaction. You know, do you have a, a deep, resonant voice? You know, the truth is that, that, that most people, uh, a deep, resonant voice conveys huge amounts of authority. Um, women select men with deep, resonant voices for one-night stands. Are you naturally physically attractive? Okay, we're going to talk about attractivity next as our second pillar. But these are things that we need to inventory. We need to understand. We need to understand how we perceive ourselves, how we want other people to perceive us, how they really perceive us, and what to do to make everything match up. Okay, so as you can see, I'm, I'm just kind of giving you, I'm trying to give you the big picture of how this works. Is that useful? Please let me know. Okay, cool. Excellent. Okay, some stuff went by there so fast I couldn't read it, but I hope uh, I hope we'll get we'll get to it tomorrow. Okay, so remember, if you can exert authority in someone's world, they will comply. But if you do it with just brute force, do it or else kind of an attitude, they will find a way to make you pay for it. They will find a way to get payback. Okay, so authority works. It is the king of hypnotic operators. People will even will comply even when they do not want to. Okay. The next one is what I like to call the queen of the hypnotic operators. Let me see if I actually have a, a PowerPoint that um, nuclear powered hypnotic it doesn't look that way. Okay. Attractivity. Very good. Well, thank you, Brandon, for making these slides, by the way. Attractivity is actually a scientific term. It's, it's, it's used when they're studying the various forms of attraction and the various forms of um, human interaction. Attractivity in, in our world is the ability to manage attraction. It's the ability to uh, be perceived as more attractive, to, to operate under conditions where you're feeling attractive, and to install it or, or make people feel more attracted to you. Now, the truth of the matter is, is that attractive, the ugly truth, as I like to call it, is attractive people get more stuff. I don't make the rules. I just report them. You can like it or not like it. You know, I'm reminded of a, an old, uh, the old movie uh, with Jim Carrey, Liar, Liar, which uh, Jim, uh, Jim Carrey's character is talking to his son about uh, somebody's appearance. And he looks at, and his son looks at him and says, well, mom says that everyone's beautiful on the inside. And Jim Carrey looks at his son and says, that's just something ugly people say. Uh, <laughs> the truth of the matter is, is that attractive people do get more stuff. You know, David D'Angelo, one of the people that, uh, one of my peers from back in the early days, you guys might know him as Eben Pagan because uh, he's big in the internet marketing world now. He used to say attraction is not a choice. That's true enough to be true. Attraction is not a choice. However, who you choose to, uh, to attract can be. You can have a tremendous amount of choice over who you choose to attract if you understand the dynamics of attractivity and how and what people perceive as being attractive. Um, in, in Killer Influence, uh, 
we have a whole a whole chapter devoted to nothing but attractivity tactics uh, and things that you can do. But here's the bottom line on attractivity. Attractive people get less jail time. They're automatically thought of as more intelligent, more socially adept, more competent. Um, they're, they're graded higher. They get higher pay raises. Uh, these are, and these are just some examples. Um, they're, rated, they're rated higher on subjective assessments by their opposite gender uh, students. It doesn't matter if you're male rating a female or, male, or female rating a male. Um, the, tr the, the, the truth is there. Now, physical attraction for, for a, a large part of human history was largely set. It was a certain set of physical characteristics that are hardwired into us that we are biologically um, hardwired to, to find attractive. However, in our modern era, the idea of attraction has changed dramatically. So while you may not be you know, a 10 on a 10 scale, there are many, many, many things that you can do to enhance your level of physical attractiveness or your uh, subjective attractiveness. It's your energy, your vibe, your sense of humor, your eye contact, your voice, your gestures, uh, the clothing that you wear. These are all things that you, in fact, have a direct control over. What you need to do, though, is you need to do the second eye of the three-eye model in Killer Influence, which is you have to engage yourself in intelligence gathering. You need to make sure you understand what the trappings of authority in any given social group are. There are, there are, you know, if you are, uh, let's say you're a goth, let's say you, you embrace that gothic lifestyle, you walk into one of their events wearing a tuxedo. Technically, based on my studies in, um, in, in social status, you actually do occupy a higher level of social status wearing a tuxedo than you do wearing leathers or gothic clothing or whatever. However, the environment itself will make you unattractive. You'll stick out. You won't blend in. You won't match the preconceived ideas in that community for what is attractive. So, yes, physical attractiveness counts, but there are so many other elements to it that you have tremendous – and you can always change your physical appearance. People do it all the time. They get nose jobs, boob jobs, butt jobs, uh, all kinds of jobs. I guess you know what I mean. So you have, you have choices. You don't have to do anything really radical. But you can affect certain aspects. I, uh, many of you know my Captain Jack the Hypnotist story where I literally changed the way I talked for a good six to eight months like this, just walking around my acupuncture lab going, oh, how are you, my love, right? These are things that you can affect. And I had a completely different set of responses from the people because I tapped into socially programmed anchors. In other words, Hollywood spent a tremendous amount of money installing Captain Jack and the voice of Johnny Depp and the sexiest man alive into the hearts and minds of millions of men and women all over the world. All I did was affect that town, a, a, a hypnotic process took over, and they connected me to those feelings of attractiveness and attraction. Very simple, easy to do. You can all do it, all right? We'll show, we'll show you how to do that. Not in this webinar, because we don't have time. But, uh, but so there are a lot of power that you have. Attractivity, when you have it, creates compliance through a desire to please, through a desire for validation. Remember we said, um, we were talking about authority, that one of the ways that you can up your expertise level is if you leave the interaction or you, you, you remove that person from your environment, they would take your, your absence as a loss. This is where that comes out in spades. You see, every human being on the planet wants to be validated. They want to feel worthy, attracted, appreciated, or attractive, appreciated. Attractivity com creates compliance through a desire to please. And you've seen this in high schools. You've seen it spoofed in movies. The moment we view somebody as attractive, our, our, our brain cells tend to check out. We tend to do things to try and please that person, to get them to like us, right? You know that old, that old saying, that old uh, line from uh, from. Uh, mean, the movie Mean Girls, you know, when Lindsay, before Lindsay Lohan became a train wreck, um, 
where she she's talking to one of the girls in this clique who just got her heart broken by the the mean uh you know alpha alpha female she's crying she's telling and and she's telling Lindsay's character how much she hates that girl and Lindsay uh, asks her well if you hate her why do you hang out with her and she goes well just because you hate someone doesn't mean you don't want them to like you right and that's ex- that, that's 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 the bottom line when we view people as attractive we want their approval and so we'll do things we'll go above and beyond to get it so stop for a moment step back and think about what would happen if you wrapped attract authority inside of attractivity what do you think thank you for listening to the unlimited influence reprogram your subconscious mind with dr david snyder Stay updated by visiting at www.davidsnydernlp.com and follow social media accounts. If you want to reprogram your subconscious mind, don't hesitate to call at 858-282-4663 and we can talk more about what your mind has to offer.